Chicago baseball conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox, 720 WGN. 534, good afternoon. Carmen Harry with you, White Sox Weekly. Hope everybody's having a great Saturday. I will fade down the sound. Thank you, Curtis. Appreciate that. I'm still learning over here. Only a couple years in the business. Harry, good to see you again. It's uh, always good to see you, Carm. Be here, and it's the uh, you know start of a new season. We uh, have been looking forward to this White Sox season for quite a while. They lose today. It's uh, you know spring training, so the score really doesn't matter. There were good things. There were bad things. I was not happy with um, Carson Fulmer walking two guys consecutively and giving up two runs. I, I noted uh, Dave, Dave Zaslowski, executive producer of White Sox Baseball, pointed out how he has de-chubbified himself. And Excuse me? Carson Fulmer's lost weight. Ah, oh, Carson has yes. de-chubbified himself. I, I see. Is that a shot at Zaz? I didn't know where you were going. I just was a little confused. Okay, I got it now. Thank you. He's been on a rigorous off-season workout program, but he's still walking guys. And you can't walk guys if you want to be on the big club. So this is where you don't want to buy into all the talk in the offseason. I think it's great that Carson's in better shape. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic that Lucas Giolito is doing some elite stuff to play with his mind. Mm-hmm. But you have to see how this plays out over the course of a season. Uh, I hear You hear positive stories all over the place. Guys are in phenomenal shape. Guys are eating plant-based food. Guys are doing plant-based more. Plant-based food. Guys, guys are doing more yoga. Guys are doing Pilates. Let's just see what happens on the field. You know why it's the best time of year, Carm? Because everybody's tied for first. That's true. Hope springs eternal. I get it. Uh, Carson Fulmer, by the way... Uh, Came on in the first inning today. Don Roach uh, did not get out of the first inning. Ew. So he went one and third. Fulmer gave up a hit, a couple of runs. He walked one. So, uh, you know, as it, I was not watching the baseball game today because it wasn't on the old television. So judging by listening on the radio, it didn't sound like Fulmer had his best stuff. By the way, Adam Hogue is out in the desert. We might check in with him uh, coming up here. We started with Manny Machado. And I just want to remind everybody... Remind myself. Here are the biggest contracts, okay, in the history of baseball. Yes. All right. I, I know who's got the biggest. Do you? I don't think you do. Uh, the biggest contract of all time. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be former White Sox catcher uh, Mark Hill? No. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton. I was going to just mom told me always stick with your first instinct. Right, Giancarlo Stanton, three hundred and twenty-five million. We're looking at total dollars here. The Marlins ended up punting on Giancarlo Stanton. Yes, and he had some uh, ugly thoughts from the Marlins this week. Right. Okay. So I, I'm going to guess, by the way, that at some point in time, the San Diego Padres are going to punt on Manny Machado. That's just my guess. Alex Rodriguez, $275 million, $252 million. Right, but part of that deal, remember, was J-Lo. So it's you know really a good signing for A-Rod. Yeah, so the first time he got $252 million from the Rangers... Texas was in a bad spot. He put up huge numbers for him, but he, they ended up punting on Alex Rodriguez. That, that was the moronic Rangers front office That's true. that kept bidding against themselves. That's true. They were the only team really in the fight, and they kept bidding against themselves. Right. Okay. The, yeah, and then they moved on from him, even though he was putting up big numbers. Could have arguably been an MVP. Mm-hmm. But then the Yankees doubled down $275 million. That contract was super ugly at the end. 
every, they, the Yankees wanted out from Alex Rodriguez for years before it was finally over. Yeah. Well, I remember when Kevin Brown had the biggest contract in baseball. That, that was a nightmare, too. Miguel Cabrera, $248 million with the Detroit Tigers, an eight-year extension. Miguel Cabrera can barely walk right now. He's on the books for the Tigers for this year for $30 million. Next year, $30 million. 2020. Excuse me, thirty million. Two thousand twenty-one, thirty million. Two thousand twenty-two, thirty-two. Two thousand. Right. I mean, th- those contracts who's, kill you. Who's the Who's the latest Jerry Reinsdorf acquisition in the world of basketball? Otto Porter Jr. He has the player option of twenty-eight million next year, right? Yeah, but it's a two-year deal. So I'm, I'm saying the guy. You you pay people totally different base basketball, but yes. Okay, I mean, look. Okay, so the, the John McDonough theory is if you want these guys now, when the Angels signed Albert Pujols, they knew he wouldn't be walking in the ninth year, in the tenth year. But the Angels also wanted Pujols's bat at the time because it was lethal. Okay, right, and that didn't work out from day one. Literally from day one, Cubs and Alfonso Soriano, huge contract, didn't work out at all. Cubs and Jason Hayward, complete disaster. Ooh. Cubs and you Darvish, disaster. I mean, these are all long-term deals are very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right, Jerry Reinsdorf really does them. Right, and sometimes, look, if you're on the verge, I get it. And I get what the Padres are doing, too. They've got a ton of talent coming. I get why the White Sox were in on it. And who who knows? Maybe they maybe the, the White Sox will rue the fact they didn't step up and meet the $300 million and bring them to Chicago. I'm going to bet, my personal bet, is that that won't be the case. You got a guy, now he's saying all the right things right now. He wants to play, th- he's willing to play third base. He's going to be a mentor. He's all about the W. So I, I I personally did not like that he wanted to play shortstop. You're not a shortstop man. You're you're a great third baseman. You're not a shortstop. The whole hustling thing is a little off putting for for myself. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. By the way, the phone number. What do you got over there, Harry? I'm just laughing because I'm uh, reading this Albert Bell article at the time that the White Sox signed Albert Bell in '96. Reinstorf. The story is Reinstorf went to Frank and said, "Frank, we're one hitter away. Who should we get?" And he said, "Get Albert Bell." Yep. The White Sox gave him the richest contract in baseball history. Five years, $55 million. Right, and part of the reason why he did that at the time was because of the strike, and he mm-hmm. it was his way of, quote-unquote, getting back at the other owners. Okay, you want to play this way? Fine, I'll go out and sign Albert Bell. Um, unfortunately, Albert Bell wasn't exactly the ideal model citizen when he was wore a White Sox uniform no. or any other uniform. He was for Joey. Matter. Yeah. Hey, experience a game this season from the Goose Island, the newest addition to Guarantee Right Field. The area in right field features a variety of seating options, including field-level views, group party areas, and individual seating. For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. Let me also mention, if he was here, it would be exciting that... Manny Machado was a White Sox. You were get to get to see him 162 days. It, it would be, it would be exciting. But I, but it's also like, do I want, do I want to eat sugar all day now and pay later, or do I want to, you know, have some nice apples and low and some high protein, low fat chicken and do the right thing every day, and then I'm going to really reap the rewards down the line. Let the guys come up. Let's see. What bargains, what what deals make sense down the line? This is not the end of the world. Well, I'm a sugar-loving SOB, and I wanted Machado here, but we will do the best we can. Gio Gonzalez might be on the way for the third time to the south side. I, I don't mind. Hey, 
Gio Gonzalez, Dallas Keuchel. Uh, yeah. So uh, he's a Cy Young winner. Sox fans, single game tickets are on sale right now. Join us for an exciting 2019 season filled with great giveaways and promotions all season long. Lower level tickets start at just $20. Visit WhiteSox.com to purchase your tickets today. You're going to hear from Ricky Renteria in about five minutes. But first, Ken, you've been waiting patiently. Welcome to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Go ahead. Ken, hang on. No, Ken, go hey, ahead. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, buddy. Go ahead. Uh, hey, uh, thanks for putting me on, guys. Um... This whole contract thing, I'm so glad the, the Sox did not did not you know go through with it. Uh, that they put incentives on it because, like you guys mentioned, all these big contracts and these guys go up lame after a while. A lot of risk, Ken. For there's, sure, there's too much. There's, there's too much risk, and then and then I was hearing on the sports radio like, "Oh, you're this far in. What's another fifty million dollars?" And like, really? Is it your fifty million you're throwing in? Well, I, I couldn't believe it. I don't think any player is worth this kind of money. I'm old school. I still remember when Walter Payton asked for a million dollars back in the day, and you know, old man Hallis said, "No way. No player is worth a million dollars." But if anybody was ever worth it, it was Walter Payton. Yeah, oh, no, no oh, doubt. Thanks, Ken. Old man Hallis was wrong about that one. Uh, and look, I think it's great that players make tons of dough. It's incredibly hard to get to where they get. They're the ones that put the butts in the seats. Nobody's coming out there to see the owners. Players should make what they make. That being said, you're trying to build a baseball team. Harper might get more. Harper is going to get more. Right. And John Middleton, the owner of the Phillies, went to Vegas to meet with Bryce Harper. I heard they were at the Rio playing um, uh, some craps. And uh, he is right now the Phillies seem to be the leading candidate there. As as far as, you know, the White Sox, they've, they've now got like this buffet of free agents to choose from. Yeah. And they've got all the dough in the world. So, uh, look, Rakan will, as he... Comes back from being upset. Mm-hmm. I think at some point this year, we're going to see a big smile on Rick Hahn's face with all the plethora of options that will be available to him. Plethora. Good word, right? Hey, let's uh, let's hear from the skipper coming up here. Ricky Renteria sat down with Adam Hogue. Nobody has heard this. It is a one-on-one interview. It's very solid. Uh, we're going to do that next. Uh, Hogue and Renteria on White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. <sighs> Listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. 2019 premium seating is available for full or partial season packages. Each area is unique and allows you to enjoy high end amenities and the best view of the ballpark. Call 312 674 1000 for information. Carmen Harry on 720 WGN. I love the Pick 10 plan. You pick them with the Pick 10 plan starting at just $129. Access to every game, every opponent for an affordable price of $129. Visit whitesocks.com to pick your plan today. So we're going to get to Ricky Renteria in a matter of moments here, Harry. Mm-hmm. But I uh, just want to. Want to give congratulations, if I may? Yes. So uh, one of one of the greatest coaches in all of college basketball resides out at St. Francis University in beautiful Joliet. You know what I'm talking about? That's Coach Ryan Marks. That is Coach Ryan Marks. the uh, The conference tournament 
was this week. They were a lower seed. Yeah, how did the Fighting Saints do? The Fighting Saints pulled off an upset against the number one seed oh. in, in round one. And then uh, the semis were Thursday night against Roosevelt University on the old uh, in, little, in the loop there. Uh-huh. The, the Lakers. So I went out and watched the game. Phenomenal basketball game. Great environment. Like I just loved it. And, I love that feeling when the place is packed. Yeah, the, the, the Saints pull off a, a come-from-behind win to advance to the finals. And the final just happened uh, this afternoon. Uh, against the governor or something. I don't know who they play, but they were, it was governor of state. Right. Something like that. 59 54 winner for, for the Saints and Coach Marks. And, uh, they are on to, uh, the tournament. Nice. Congrats, so, Coach Marks. So a big time congrats to Rhino Ball. And, uh, just got a very eclectic squad. Their point guard's like five foot four. Dude gets in the lane. Doing all sorts of things. They got some guys from Australia who are have a little bit of the Dennis Rodman gene in them. Going to the hoop, talking a lot of smack. There was an Australian All Star on the NBA squad for the first time this year. Australian All Star on the uh, yeah Sixers. Oh, sorry there, Harry. That's okay. I, I, so, Coach Ryan Marks, congrats. We're very very proud of you. Uh, on to South Dakota. Yes, go and, get. Of course, what is the great uh, Seven Wonder that is in South Dakota? Uh, is that the Badlands? That is, well, the Badlands are in South Dakota, but it's also Mount Rushmore. Oh, right, of course. Well, maybe Marks will get his uh, photo up on Mount Rushmore alongside MJ. Yes, who, who would Sweetness. you think would be the Mount Rushmore of the White Sox next World Series team? I mean, it's got to be Eloy, right? Who's going to be on the program coming up here? But uh, let's get to the uh, the manager, Ricky Renteria, who sat down with Adam Hogue. And look, uh, the rebuild is the rebuild, but uh, Ricky would love to get an opportunity to manage a club that is ready to compete. The skipper is certainly waiting on that. Well, I, you know, when we came in, obviously a lot of changes were occurring. We always talk about uh, wanting to win and how we're going to go about doing that. Um, we're in a stage now where I think we have guys that have been at the major league level with us from within and guys that have come from the outside for a couple years now. Uh, I think they're getting to the point now where – they're changing the direction and understanding the direction that we're trying to go in. So it's a mindset that you have to try to create. It's a mindset that they have to own. Uh, we are now in a pivotal point in where we're at as an organization, I believe, in that we've got guys that have been improving that are now taking on the mantle of trying to understand what it's going to take to put us over the top. So it's taken a couple years, uh, but... The acquisitions, the moves that the front office have made, uh, those men in the room starting to, uh, you know, basically take on the mantle or the responsibility of knowing that there's more than just being here. Um, it's about truly, at the end of the day, trying to win. And I think it's a process, obviously winning the result, but I think they're starting to understand what it is that they need to do in order to give themselves the best chance individually and then put it together collectively so that we can have some success. Right. It seems like it's a pivotal year for some of these players, too, I mean, to to drive the organizational change as well. Maybe one of those guys is Yoan Moncada. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of fascinated by his move to or potential move to third base. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of times when we talked to you last season, the word focus came up. And mm -hmm. you said something yesterday that, that caught my ear because it, it just sort of natural playing third base versus second. The ball gets on you so much faster. You have to be focused, right? There's no time at third base to allow for uh, a lazo-take-go approach. 
ball gets on you. There are a lot of things. There are nuances to playing third. There's nuances to playing any position in the field, but you don't have time to, to have lapses. Uh, it can affect adversely the, the outcome, as it can at second base or short or any other position on the field. Uh, it's about hopefully putting him in a position where that, that he's done successfully well before, although be it at the amateur level, of which he's let me know mm-hmm. that he's been able to have success <laughs> I at heard the amateur about that. level. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that uh, being able to do that, maybe creating that focus just by a positional change, knowing that he has a chance of being able to play that position very well, maybe that focus that is existing there will translate now to the box. Now he has a great eye. He does have a great focus in his at-bats. Uh, just expanding his ability to do a few more things there uh, while still staying within himself. Yeah, is it a matter of kind of having to just change your approach based on the count a little bit more? Because he's shown a great eye and, and patience at the plate, but then sometimes that will lead to a lot of strikeouts, especially of the looking variety. Yeah, I think that more than anything, you don't want to take a guy that has the type of eye that he has and take him outside of himself. I think what you try to have him do is manage situations a little better. Where you might say, you know, some might say, well, I'll never want him to expand outside of the zone. Well, there are some pitches outside of the zone that you can hammer pretty well. Uh, it's all relative to position and, and location. Uh, and I think situations will dictate, uh, for me, sometimes a little bit more of an approach that might put you in a situation where you want, might just want to put the ball in play, which would create something productive. Uh, not all at-bats are the same. Every situation is different. Uh, I think that uh, the experience he had last year, he wants to do well. Everybody also has to understand that uh, his his uh, batting average with balls in play in the zone was through the roof. It was over 450, I believe, last year. So uh, once he gets a pitch he can manage, and it's a strike, he does a lot with it. Uh, we don't want to lose that, but we do want him to just continue to expand his understanding of situational hitting uh, that can lead to potentially productivity. Jose Abreu has been such a big part of this organization both in terms of his production but just his value within the entire clubhouse as well does his role change at all this year with with yonder alonzo arriving or is that just a matter of you writing up the lineup differently sometimes his role is probably enhanced by the additions um he's gonna be he's our first baseman you know yonder comes in also being a, a really good first baseman, uh, he's going to give us the flexibility. Both of them are going to give us the flexibility of being able to use, do a couple of different things. I think matchups will play a role in, in, in some of the uh, situations with uh, Yonder. Um, but for the most part, now you're looking at a guy that's either going to play first or DH or the other guy that's going to play first or DH, uh, depending on where we're at physically. Um, they talk to each other. They know each other very, very well. Uh, both of them are willing to do whatever it takes to uh, help this club win ball games. I think that it gives us uh, quite a bit of flexibility. Uh, there will be moments when there are going to be matchups that don't that don't bode well, possibly maybe for a lefty or whatever the case might be. Um, and then if there's times where we need to give uh, you know Pito some rest, maybe he'll take it or you know that DH slot gives him a little bit of a room to stay off his feet, but it still keeps us bad in the lineup. Uh, I think all those acquisitions that we've made uh, enhance us in general, both uh, in the clubhouse and, and between the lines on the field. I could pick your brain on a lot of your players, especially your young pitchers. Let, yeah. Let's just maybe uh, pick Carlos Rodon. Yeah. Guy who, at times last season, when it, once he got going, looked completely dominant. Yeah. Like no one could hit him. Yep. And then there was other times where he struggled a little bit. Is consistency just what you're looking for? 
for this season from him? Absolutely. I think the stuff, as everyone saw once he came back uh, from the recovery of the um, the repair, uh, the cleaning up that they did in his shoulder, um, was solid. Um, you see a different arm action with Carlos. His arm is loose. He feels uh, no discomfort. I mean, he's throwing uh, with a lot of confidence. Uh, from a physical standpoint, if you're not feeling good, it, it's kind of hard to find that confidence. He feels good, you know, physically speaking. I, I will say he, to his credit, <clears throat> you know, he had a really good run, and then toward the end he, he had a little bit of a wall. To his credit, he never blamed anybody. He didn't, you know, he thought, you know, he didn't blame it on fatigue or, or, or anything of that nature. I would say that after having gone through the process and everything that he had gone through, um, he probably did hit a little wall of fatigue. But, um, you know, he continued to try to work through it and, and do everything he could. Uh, fortunately for us, the thing we were looking for was him to come out of that, uh, ultimate, uh, ultimately out of that season healthy, which he did. And now we're looking for Carlos to just uh, remain as consistent as possible, uh, trust and use the stuff that he has, which is really, really effective. One of the best in the game probably last year, as everybody saw. And I, I forget how many he, he threw out there that were excellent uh, starts. Uh, but maybe that's a part of what we hope he will be able to do and continue uh, this upcoming season. Last thing for you, the, the Manny Machado thing was more yeah. outside the building, especially once you guys all got here to Arizona. Yeah. It seemed like you were really trying to keep it about the White Sox here inside the building. How have the guys handled it? since Tuesday when the news came out that he wasn't coming here? Uh, you know what? I think just like anybody, you have some guys in there that were close to the young man uh, that were hoping, uh, along with Manny, that he would possibly become a part of who we are. But it didn't happen. I think that the guys turned the page quickly. You have to. You can't uh, waste time on things that, that you know aren't going to happen. I think, honestly, that we were preparing uh, for our season um, – to be quite frank, without him in the in the in the lineup, uh, because I have a lot of guys in there that are preparing for the season, and like anybody, um, myself included, uh, we make adjustments uh, when things change. And so, for us, it would have been us just making an adjustment to an addition. Right now, those guys have been preparing uh, to be without him since the beginning, so there's no real big adjustment to be made. Maybe some emotions through you know some of the some of the people that he knew in that room uh, that were hoping that might have been a possibility, but we move on and do what we do. Do you like Tim Anderson's response? I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I've I've kind of kind of kind of kind of wind a bit a little bit. It was, a, con- it was a confident response. I, I absolutely love it. I think I heard. I think I know which one you're talking about. Absolutely. Do I like it? No, I love it. Good. Well, a lot of people need to be reminded there's still plenty of talent coming here oh, we real got, fast. we got a lot of talent. It's coming fast. Uh, as I mentioned, I think this is a pivotal year for the organization. It's a pivotal year for the uh, club uh, that we have right now in camp. Um, the, again, the acquisitions that uh, Rick has made and the additions he's uh, bringing to the table put us in a much more competitive uh, uh, nature within the clubhouse and on the field. Um, you know, We do the best we can collectively. It's never going to be about one person. It can't be. Uh, teams win championships. I know these are all cliches. Individuals don't. It's team. And uh, that's what we're going to try and continue to do. Well, it's going to be a fun year. I hope so. Manager Ricky Venturia, thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thank you.
Sox lost in the desert today. The uh, Cactus League opener, 7-6 to the Los Angeles Dodgers. This guy was in left field. He won't be here playing left field at the start of the season, but he'll be here eventually, and he'll be an all-star several times. Speaking of which, the NBA did something this past weekend that Major League Baseball, I've been asking them to do for about 15 years. So right now, let's we'll talk about that later, but right now let's hear Adam Hogue visiting with Eloy Jimenez, and he began his interview by asking him, Eloy, how the heck do I say your name? All right, I want to start with your name. we got to get this right for White Sox fans. It's Eloy, right? Eloy. Eloy. Yeah. That's correct? All right, good. Because it's important that everyone gets it right going forward, right? Yeah, but it doesn't matter how like how you pronounce my name. Like You can say Eloy, and I'm not going to get mad. Not that big of a deal. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to get it right on the radio for yeah. you. All right. Jimenez. Yes. Because sometimes uh, you guys call me Jimenez. Jimenez. And it's Jimenez. Jimenez. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to ask you a pretty basic question. Okay. How sweet is it to hit a home run? Oof. Uh, it's really sweet. I don't know. It's something... Like you enjoy, yeah. That's how I see it. Is there a, a pitcher that you faced at the minor league level that was particularly enjoyable for hitting a home run off of? All of them. All of them. Yeah, all of them. So, Dylan Cease told me that when he sees you, he calls you Mia Moore. Yeah, my love. Yeah. When did, when did that start? Was it when you guys were with the Cubs together? Yeah. Like it's me and like. This is the fourth year, I guess. Yeah. We started, like, joking around, like, you, you bonito, yeah, you beautiful, and all the stuff. Um, and after, we, we started to say, hey, mi amor, how are you? And all the stuff, like, like mi amor is kind of like, bro, for us, okay. you know. It's, it's been really good. What was it like coming over with him? together in a trade and have you guys kind of maintained that relationship together yeah it's it's been like amazing um like spend time with him uh no you got trade with with someone you know Mm -hmm. uh especially with him because he's a special kid um and uh, i'm really proud um i know him would it be extra special if you guys both ended up in Chicago at some point this season yeah. together. It's, it's going to be a special because uh, we kind of grow up together in the same organization and uh, um, that's part of the dream. You you play with someone you know and uh, I'm, I think it's, it's going to be awesome if we play together this year in the Big Beast. I was here last year in Arizona when you hit that home run off the Cubs in the spring training game. It seems like you like to play them. Yeah. I don't know why, but I like to play them. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. They're the team that traded you. Yep. Get a little extra motivation. That So far, I mean, even though that was a spring training game, was that one of, your, um, one of the moments that you think back on and remember a lot? Yeah. Um, that was one, um, and double A two, but it's like I enjoy all of them. I remember all of them. So what is what is left for you to accomplish 
in your mind? What do you need to get better at, I guess? What are you still working on to improve before you get to Chicago? I've been working in uh, all my defense, run the bases, and learn about more the strike zone. You know, that's like I'm working out every day. Do you have a preference between left or right field? Nah, if I'm in the lineup, it's okay. <laughs> like playing in the corners, mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay. How much pride do you put in your defensive, the defensive part of your game? Um, like before, not much. I'm just focusing hitter, like be a good hitter, like every time. Now, I'm focused be a completely player. Yeah, I'm like I'm trying to work like how I work hitting. You know. Is, is that something you had to learn to realize that it had you had to get better defensively to be able to make it to the major leagues? Um, I think so, yeah. Um, it's one of the parts that we need to, if we want to be in the lineup every day and you don't want to get out in the eighth inning for no play defense, um, I think that is why I'm like practice more in my defensive part. You got a good arm? It's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to see that arm. Um, how much time have you spent in Chicago so far? Not much time, right? Um, not much time. I like I've been in Chicago a lot, but like just for 10 days, 15 days, 5 days, mm-hmm. 3 days. But I, like, when I started playing, um, I go, like, before I'm signed, I go, like, four times. Four times, I guess. I, yeah, it, it, it was one of the city um, visited more. Do you, how excited are you then to be able to play baseball there when you make it there and to be able to play in front of White Sox fans in, in such a big stadium? Um, I'm super excited. Um, I can wait um, because it's one of the it's one of my favorite city. And um, also, I say before before sign when I was a kid, I want to play in. In Chicago, uh, because all the fans are crazy with both teams, uh, with the Cubs and or the White Sox. Even when you were a kid? Yeah. I say I want to play in Chicago. You just like Chicago? Yeah. Yeah? It's cold, but... Yeah. Yeah, Not in the like summer, it. though. The no, summer is the great. Summer is Trust great. me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been in, in, in the summertime. So you always wanted to play in Chicago, even yeah. as a kid. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. All right, well, what is one thing that you think White Sox fans should know about you? They need to know uh, I'm going to do my best um, to try to get championships. No one, no two, multiple championships. Well, they're going to they're gonna like to hear that. Yep. Now, I'm sure we're going to see you in Chicago pretty soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks for the time. Thanks you, man. So there is Adam Hogue with Babe Ruth. I mean Eloy Jimenez. Eloy. Eloy. Yes. Eloy Jimenez. See, he needs to care about how people say his name. I mean, what is the people called you like? 
I don't know, Hyrie. Like, <laughs> like that would be wrong. Or, or I'm sure people get your last name wrong. What do they do instead of Tinowitz? Oh, uh, Tinowitz. Right, Tinowitz. Yeah. That's, that's not okay. I, I don't get... Eloy. You know, I don't get the way guys wait like three years and then they say something. Well, everybody wants to just be liked and get along and they don't want to rock the boat. Hey, right. man, my name is Eloy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, his priority is delivering on the field. So with that comes the people learning his name. But one of the, I know this is like a pet peeve of mine and a, a, a former partner, we'll just call him Mac. There's a guy that went into the Hall of Fame last year, and people in Chicago still mispronounce his name. Brian Erlacher. It's the easiest name to pronounce correctly because it rhymes with his position. I love Erlacher. Erlacher. Linebacker. And people call him Erlocker all the time. Hurt Locker, Erlocker. And Brian Brian Erlocker obviously doesn't care. By the way, that interview with Eloy Jimenez is sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park. Zoom Zoom. Zoomzoomnation.com. That's right, Harry. Where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. That was a great job by Adam. Yes. And we're all looking forward to seeing Eloy. And I'm glad that Adam was able to gather himself emotionally after having to say goodbye to Cody Parkey. That was tough. We're going to talk about that uh, coming up when we get to Carmen Harry uh, after 6.30. Hey, the White Sox Newborn Club is the perfect gift for the newest member of your family. You can give a newborn? You can. The (laughs) The package includes you get a Southpaw onesie and a hat, a White Sox bib, and a customized White Sox birth certificate. Purchase yours today at whitesox.com slash newborn. Bring a group out for a game in 2019 and receive specially priced tickets along with a great experience. The White Sox have options for school outings, nonprofit organizations, and special occasions. So call 312-674-1000 for information. See, I don't know if uh, Bob Grimm or Scott Reifert or... um Brooks Boyer are listening. But I'm thinking about getting married, Harry, uh, this summer. I believe you are getting married. Yes, I am getting... I, well, I'm thinking about getting married this summer. Oh, okay. And not the fall. Okay. And so what we were perhaps thinking about doing... Yes. ...was having it on July the 5th, which is a Friday in the fourth week. So it's not really a Friday. And the next day, the White Sox actually don't play that day. On the 6th, which is a Saturday... They play the Chicago Cubs. Right, and that's why, for people listening going, Carm is nuts, how could they not play on a Friday? It's because they have a two-game set with the Cubs. Which is very odd, by the way. That should be a three-game set. But whatever. We don't make the schedule. That's what's going on. So I was thinking about perhaps bringing the post-wedding party group out to Cubs Sox. What do you think? I think you should get married at home plate. Why wouldn't you just get married at the park? Why Why is the ceremony I mean, not going to be a key? Roger Bosser doesn't set up a nice field? I mean, I don't know why we couldn't, you know, put a hoop up at home plate and live the dream. Why not? Yeah, you it's know. It's got to be done before. Didn't they do it in Bull Durham? Didn't yeah, they? and I believe when the Royals are in town, it's hoop night. <laughs> why the Royals? Am I missing something? I, I don't know. They yeah. just came to mind. Oh, okay, so we'll do it against Kansas City because I used to work at Kansas City. I heard that. Uh, by the way, I, yes. I, 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 if we're not going to do it at at, guarantee, at guaranteed rate field, I yes. look I, I, Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins would be good. I went uh, I went to the Intercontinental the other today. Oh. A very nice spot. Yes, you know it's it's it was it, it spoke to me, Harry, because you got the Michael Jordan Steakhouse. Spoke to you and said, "Have Chelsea pay for this?" Right, you got that part too. You got the Jordan Steakhouse yes. in there. Like the elevators are like. Is Rokan sponsoring your wedding? R- room twenty three, <laughs> floors twenty three to thirty. 
38. There's like 23 is everywhere. My little brother I got had so it. turned on. My little brother had his bar mitzvah at Intercontinental. Did he really? Yeah. That's upper level family. Oh, uh, it's it's a, it's God bless him. Yeah. All right. Uh, quick time out here. We'll wrap up White Stocks Weekly next. Seven twenty WGN.